I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to age time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Monday to all of you. Happy Reaction Monday. We've got a ton to react to today. Uh, both local and obviously Super Bowl 57. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed the game till the referees dragged the last two, three minutes of it into a mud pit. Um, but uh, nice to be with you on a Monday. Sean Pendergast alongside Seth Payne. Seth, what was your grade for the Super Bowl yesterday? My grade was, ooh. You know what? It was like uh, it got an A plus for grades K through eleven, but then it got senioritis <laughs> at the end. Yes. So it was like some kid that had a four point GPA found out he got into the college he wanted, and then just started experimenting. Just started uh, grabbing that, that, jerseys and calling, to throwing yeah. flags, and yes, yes. It got it was uh, it was an anticlimactic finish to an otherwise awesome, really an awesome second half. The first half was weird, and that it didn't feel like the Chiefs should be nearly as close as they were score-wise because the Eagles were just physically dominating the Chiefs. And then you realize in the second half, oh, oh, that whole first half was just a nice big experiment for Andy Reid mm-hmm. to figure out <laughs> like, to figure out how he was going to assassinate you in the second half. And they did – the Chiefs did so much pre-snap motion and kind of diagnosing with Travis Kelsey to see how – how the Eagles were going to respond to Travis Kelsey, and it just, uh, you've just seen it so many times before. It made me feel good about not hiring Jonathan Gannon, frankly, um, that, uh, which is dumb. <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's really dumb on my part. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, who was just completely manipulated. His guys were manipulated by Andy Reid in the second half. Um, who knows? Maybe he'll be an awesome head coach someday, but right now that he's not the They're killing coach. him today up in Philly. They they they're Oh yeah, they did not like him to begin with. They no, yeah. no, and they're destroying him and Sirianni stuck up for him a couple weeks ago and that's going to get thrown that is getting thrown back in Sirianni's face by our friend Angelo Cataldi this morning. Uh, is Sirianni on the chopping block? I don't think Sirianni is. Sirianni is. Gonna get they're not happy with him today. For, no, but I think James he, Bradbury getting called for defensive holding. I think he's <laughs> safe, but a lot of people are hoping Gannon gets that Arizona chop. I can tell you that right now up in uh, up in Philly. Yeah, that was I would say the stories of this game were certainly the holding call on Bradbury towards the end that essentially allowed the Chiefs to keep the ball. Um, at the end of the game and grind the clock down into 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 dust. I, I think that's what most people are most people were talking about right after the game because of the recency of it. 
Um, and I think I, I kind of feel that way too. Like I know Bradbury is saying, yeah, I grabbed his jersey. I was hoping I'd get away with it. Certainly Carl Sheffers, the lead official, has been saying, nope, he held him. They weren't calling stuff yeah. like that the entire game, and then they call it there. And look, I don't have a dog in the fight with these teams. I bet on Philly, but it's not like I bet an exorbitant amount. I was really excited watching that game as it was going back and forth. And if I won, I won. Great. When I don't have a dog in the fight, Seth, I'm watching this as an entertainment mechanism, as an entertainment yeah, vehicle. Yeah. And to your point, um, we were deprived of a great Hollywood ending in this thing. I, I think the biggest thing you have to look at, and, and the broadcast didn't go back and watch it in real time, I've, I've heard enough propaganda from the booth officials now this year to know that you got to watch it in real time, that the slow motion gives you an inaccurate perception sometimes. You go back and you watch that in real time, and it didn't look like Bradbury's contra- contact inhibited or restricted Juju Smith-Schuster at all. And then the most telling thing is that Juju Smith-Schuster wasn't looking for a flag. Yeah. He didn't look one bit perturbed about anything at the end of it. Um, I don't think he expected – it was just it, – it, it was a ticky-tack call at the end of a game. And um, in one in which I think that there were some sketchy calls throughout. The officiating on the offensive and defensive line was just a, a little suspect. Otherwise, I thought it was a pretty clean game. Yeah. And, I mean, what? The only controversial stuff from the officiating were perhaps the replay reviews. Yeah. And uh, the Devontae Smith catch, the Goddard catch. And those were – were those? am I wrong or are those like two – the rare couple of overturns or non-overturns where I think everybody was kind of like, I, I don't really know and whatever, whatever you call it. I thought them, they got them it. both right, in my opinion, for what it's yeah. worth. I thought, I thought the Devontae Smith one was pretty obvious. The ball hit the ground and moved, it looked like to me. But, yeah. but, but your I, overall point – But sometimes if it, even if it hits and moves but you maintain control – they say it's okay sometimes. Yeah, That's I, the part that, that some, you know, and they've, they've gotten a little bit more loose on what a football move is. Yeah. Used to be like you had to, you know, run to France and back and then stake a flag in the ground and right. proclaim this. I have, I have done a football move yep. where now they've gotten a little bit more loose and liberal with it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I, I wasn't overly worked up about any of those things. I think so. The, the hold at the end is the in game story. The big picture story with this is Patrick Mahomes, who is, he's now doing things that are putting him on a fast track to be. To be the hero we all need if you hate Tom Brady. If you hate Tom Brady and you want Brady to be taken down as the GOAT, uh, Mahomes is our only hope right now. The, the thing to remember about Mahomes is that in his two Super Bowl wins and his two Super Bowl MVPs, he is a much bigger driving force behind his team's success than Tom Brady was. Um, Early Tom Brady, know, yeah, for sure. Early Tom, yeah. right, right, early Tom Beatty. Right, well, if he wins six, you know, yeah. then we'll have that conversation. Yep. But as far as early early Pat Mahomes versus early Tom Brady versus early Peyton Manning versus early Ben Roethlisberger, if we're talking about Super Bowl success mm-hmm. or Super Bowl appearances, mm-hmm. it's he's just um, – he's, he's the guy. Yeah. Those guys were developing young, good quarterbacks on – really complete and good football teams, yep. whereas Mahomes is the driving force. Yep. He, he this season, um, won the um, passing yardage title, led the league in touchdown passes, was the regular season MVP, and was the Super Bowl MVP, all in the same season. There's only three other quarterbacks in the history of the game that have done all four of those things over the course of their entire careers. 
Brady, yeah. Peyton, and Kurt Warner. Uh, Patrick Mahomes did it this season. All four of those things this season. He's he's remarkable, and he was he was playing the second half probably with some some cortisone or something coursing through the veins of his lower leg. I would imagine. Well, I, you know the, those high ankle sprains are weird because when you re-aggravate them, it does it feels at first like you re-injured it all over again. It's a, the pain is the same. It's just as bad. You immediately think, oh boy, here we go again. And then sometimes it fades somewhat quickly. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think he was, I don't know if lucky is the right word. Be, I think he was, but it, he was lucky enough that it was that kind of an aggravation. He re-aggravated it. He was hobbling around really badly for a while. Uh, like he, like he had to, like he had to, a case of the runs or something. Um, but yeah, then he scrambled for. What was that, 30 yards? 26 yards, I think. I'm looking at the box score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 26 yards. Their drives in the second quarter, or in the second half, were a 10-play touchdown drive, a 3-play touchdown drive, a 12-play field goal drive. um, That I don't know, probably would have been a field goal without the defensive holding anyway, but they they just were never – Slowed down or shut nope. down by the Eagles in the second half. Nope. Yeah, it was it's, it was a yeah twenty six yard scramble by Mahomes. I I wonder. I my thinking was watching him get injured right before the half set, and watching him go into the locker room was oof. A twenty nine minute halftime is probably not the greatest thing to sit around with a sprained ankle. But I'm guessing if you just stay loose, and to your point, sometimes those ankles when you turn them, they can recover yeah. pretty quickly. The twenty nine minute yeah. halftime might have helped Patrick Mahomes. Well, I think it helped the Chiefs' defense for certain, for certain too. I mean, you got to remember that defense was out there twice as long as the Eagles' yeah. defense. Yeah, the it was. Um, I mean, it was a physical bludgeoning in the first half. The Eagles had twice the time of possession going through three quarters. The Eagles had twice the time of possession, twice as many plays run, but that was a little slanted and skewed because, well, for one, there were only there were three drives like it, it through the beginning of the fourth quarter but the Eagles the Eagles had a 17 play field goal drive in that in that third quarter too it was um that was a crazy it's a crazy game that ended really really boringly yes yes it was uh it was an unfortunate ending but congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs two Super Bowls in four years and Patrick Mahomes MVP for both of those Super Bowls we'll obviously be chopping up the Super Bowl quite a bit today um, including the blame going to uh, a, a guy that was almost the Texans head coach a couple of times. We'll get to that a little later on this hour. Um, uh, we break Super Bowl uh, coverage and NFL coverage briefly in the next segment. The Astros made a big signing this weekend that I think is is the next in a pattern of what we hope is continuing very, very soon. We will tell you what the Astros did over a, a busy football weekend for sure uh, next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. We'll get back to the Super Bowl. The Texans are Putting that coaching staff together. Looks like Bobby Slowick is going to be the offensive coordinator. Gerard Johnson, the QB coach. We'll get to that uh, a little later on this hour. And we'll circle back to Super Bowl 57. 38-35, the Kansas City Chiefs win. And a lot of big picture ramifications and a lot of blame being thrown at somebody that was on the Texans' radar. Um, the uh, Real quick interlude here, baseball-wise, because uh, pitchers and catchers do report in a couple of days. And one of the pitchers... What? One of the pitchers, I know, it went by fast. Um, one of the pitchers reporting, Seth, to Astros spring training this week is going to report a much, much wealthier man. Yeah, His name is Christian Javier. Five years, $64 million over the weekend. The latest in what has been a really nice strategy by the Astros across multiple general managers now to keep this... Window of title contention open for them. Uh, five years, $64 million. Man, if you're getting the Christian Javier of last year, particularly in the postseason, huh. for under $13 million a year, you're laughing, dude. You're laughing. I, yeah. I think, um, you know, it's, a, it's ironic. I guess there's a, there's a little bit of significance to Philadelphia. And this year, the, like between the Eagles and the Phillies, there's been like some weird symmetry at times, including during the World Series when there was a Thursday night game um, versus you know the, the oh, both Eagles teams, the, yeah, the same uh, the same night of a World Series game. But this strategy is a little bit of a mirror. This strategy by the Astros mirrors a little bit of what the Eagles used to be really good at doing before some of the rules changed. They would sign up a lot of their young players really early on, um, well before free agency. And it was a smart strategy because it would be, you know, guys that weren't high draft picks, like Christian Javier, you know, originally signed for $100,000, that that would get a big payday, and you'd end up locking him up for a couple of years. Now, the Eagles took it to an extreme and kind of would have these guys locked up for like eight years or so, and it would, it would it ended up creating more bad feelings than were necessary. I think what the Astros have done is smart, which is they'll extend it a couple of years past arbitration. And now you got Javier locked up for a couple more years than you otherwise would have um, through, you know, the the age of 30. But he also gets a nice reward and, uh, you know, some uh, just obviously some financial security for that. But but cheaper than what you'd have to pay to get his quality out out on the open market. Yeah. Yeah. So Javier is Javier's the latest and hopefully not the last one, because there's at least one or two more that I think Astro fans would love to see get locked up to deals that extend team control beyond just the arbitration years. Javier Javier was set to hit arbitration on Friday. Um, he was asking for $3.5 million. The Astros are saying $3 million. So the two sides weren't very far apart. But sometimes the threat of arbitration is something that 
gets both sides to the table. Yeah. Kyle Tucker might be a little more complicated, but I know they're working on that as well. But these are deals, Seth, that have largely worked out very well for the Astros. They've done this to varying degrees five times. Jose Altuve, they weren't buying out arbitration years necessarily. Jose Altuve was under a long-term contract, but it was a it was a bad deal that he had signed. He had yeah. signed a bad deal when he was a young it, player. It was kind of like when the Texans redid Andre Johnson's yes, deal. Yes, very much so. Andre had, Andre had agreed to a bad deal, and the Texans said, okay, like this is... This isn't fair. You're Guys winning the player. MVP we, of the yeah. league. Yeah. 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 So, the, yeah. so 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 four months after Jose Altuve won MVP of the American League, they signed him into a five-year, $151 million extension that started at the end of his bad contract. So he signed up. He's still got two years left on that. Alex Bregman, they did a deal right before the season where he finished runner-up for the MVP. That overall, numbers-wise, is a has been a good deal for the Astros, but it's been... Peaks and valleys. Roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not been this just consistent 840 OPS the whole time and gold glove yeah. level defense. Like it, they've had to deal with some stuff with Bregman. You know, most of it's been injuries. It's not his fault. Um, but I, th- I think. Well, but he's also he uh, he needed to have his child. That's what that's what's. Oh yeah, he had like a 950 OPS after he had a kid. He needs to have more kids. Um, Dude, they're performance enhancers. JJ had ten sacks in ten games after he had his that's kid true. this year out in Arizona. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Astros good uh, and and Texas. Why the Amish are so good at sports? Right. <laughs> yes. Yes, and Catholics too. Um, yeah. So um, Bregman still has two years left on his deal. Reportedly, they're working on extensions for Altuve and Bregman as well. McCullers. McCullers is the one out of all these Seth that is probably a little up in the air just based on the injuries. You know he. He he strained his forearm and five years, eighty five million is what he signed. He's in the second year of that extension now, um, but missed the postseason most of it in twenty twenty one, and then missed most of this season in twenty twenty two, and then in the postseason he was kind of the weak link in the World Series, giving up all those bombs in uh, Game Three yeah. to the uh, to the Phillies. So except hey. he put in the you know what he put in that that was one of those ones where he. He, he at the very least he sacrificed himself for the team and staying yeah, out there yeah. and keeping the relievers. Out. I'm not I'm not trying to paint it like he should be MVP for that or anything. No, but no. Um, I think the thing with Christian Javier again to go back to the the Phillies. Remember, remember how cocky the Phillies were about how oh who's this Christian Javier guy? Never even heard of him. Who the hell's this guy? Uh, because he kind of flew under the radar all year. He wasn't showing up on the leaderboards because he didn't have enough innings pitch. So. Just like yesterday where Phillies fans were flipping cars over before the game. Before the game, like, yeah. Uh, like it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to win. The uh, the Phillies fans, what the hell am I? My God, Eagles fans were fill- flipping over There's cars. There's plenty of crossover, yesterday. don't worry. Philadelphia fans, yeah, Sean. Philly Philadelphia people, fans. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Javier, what was it? What was the start in game? Was it game four? It's game four was start a no-no, four? yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Got the series turned. All right. They did all right with the committee. Well, it doesn't count according to various other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's it doesn't okay. count because uh, it's a no-hitter. That's yeah. fine. I'm just glad he signed up for five years, $64 million. The last one that they've done like this is Jordan Alvarez. His deal hasn't even started yet, but I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> Six years, 115 mil. So good for the Astros. Uh, Kyle Tucker, Framber Valdez are the two that are, I would imagine, on the to-do list now to get done that are like this with – Getting some guys paid who still have some arbitration years left, particularly Tucker. I think Tucker's the one that everybody wants to get done. So, good job, Astros. Um, 
713-572-4610 if you uh if you want to get in on the trailer wheel and frame text page. This is uh, from 9847. This goes back to Seth, you saying in the open that Mahomes, unlike Brady, early Brady, Mahomes has been kind of the catalyst for all this as opposed to just sort of a caretaker of the offense. Um, So are you guys saying the Chiefs don't have a good team around Mahomes? No, sir. Is that what you heard us say? No, we're not saying that. What the hell? I don't know. You know how it goes. (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't even understand what that. Why the hell somebody would say that? Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not saying that at all. We're giving props to uh, to Patrick Mahomes. So, um, so there you go. Um, uh, Yuli had a kid this year. Someone says on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's not these rules are not hard and fast. There are exceptions <laughs> to these rules. Maybe it's the first child. Yeah. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. We mentioned the Texans made some moves on the coaching staff. We're going to circle back to the Super Bowl. Oh, and there was one coaching move made in the NFL that probably, if this guy was going to be considered for head coaching, he this move probably should have been made a long time ago. We will get to that as well. Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, Reaction Monday, Sports Radio 610. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Texans made some moves on the coaching staff. We'll get back to the Super Bowl a little later on this segment. Um, As I would say, I don't want to say as forecasted, but I think he was probably the favorite in the clubhouse at the start of this process with a late run from Cliff Kingsbury on Friday or Saturday this weekend. Uh, Bobby Slowick is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Texans, the former passing game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, young guy, smart guy, worked with D'Amico Ryan, so D'Amico knows him a little bit from uh, from San Francisco. And I guess most importantly, Seth, 
your wishes of starting a uh, southern branch of Kubshanistan University have come to fruition. Yes. There will not yes. be yes. there will not be an air raid offense in Houston with Cliff Kingsbury. That was a thing this weekend. The Kingsbury. It was a big thing because. Uh, it was a little confusing. There was never a real – I mean, there were some reports that Cliff Kingsbury was talking to the Texans about the OC position. There were others that were saying that it was just unspecified what he was talking to them about. I think that there's a very good chance that this was just an exploratory conversation between the two parties because Kingsbury's got five years guaranteed left on his contract. <laughs> he just got back from Thailand. I, I think that – I think there still might be a chance for Kingsbury to end up on staff. But I, uh, you know, I was pretty anti-Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator, which I was surprised. I got a lot of blowback from that. And, uh, you know, it, with a lot of arguments that made sense for people that like Cliff Kingsbury and, you know, want to say that Kyler Murray was the problem out there in Arizona, not Cliff Kingsbury. The truth, of, the fact of the matter is there's two things in my mind. One is that Kingsbury's offense – didn't really progress to an NFL level offense. Now they had some success at times because they, he, he got talented people in position to make plays, but over the course of a season, it became very predictable. I I talked to defensive backs that (laughs) would just say that this, this is a college offense in a lot of ways. So by the second half of the season, you got, you got to figure, you can figure out what they're doing. I think that Kingsbury needs some time actually working for an actual NFL offensive coach or coordinator um and so it might be good for him to be a consultant or to go in and be a quarterback's coach or something somewhere if he wants to stay in the NFL but the other side of it is aside from whether or not you think Cliff Kingsbury is a good NFL offensive coordinator his offense is very unique by NFL standards and if if for some reason some team was dumb enough and we know teams are dumb to hire Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach again i mean who would have thought he would have gotten a job the first time around with the cardinals after being an awful head coach at texas tech yep. um it would have been hard to replace cliff kingsbury and have you'd have to have a different offensive coordinator come in who used different terminology who did different schemes all this stuff with a potentially young quarterback where now if slowick gets plunked you know to pick to be a head coach somewhere in a couple years it's very very easy to find guys that are versed in that system a lot of the same concepts the same terminology all of that and you don't have to start from scratch with whoever your quarterback is yeah that that's the one of the first things I thought of I look anytime Cliff Kingsbury's up for a job the first thing that pops into my head is do we even know if he's a good coach like, what proof do we have that he's a good football coach? Like, even I think he's a he's a really good offensive coordinator in college. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, he's one as far as head coach. I mean, the head coach stuff doesn't bother me as much because we're not hiring him to be a head coach. So, okay, he's had one winning season in his last seven seasons as a head coach. It's it's absurd. Um, he's not a good head coach. He just flat out isn't. But his offenses weren't weren't. Uh, con- um, they weren't consistently good in Arizona. They had some nice stretches, but they weren't consistently good. Yeah, and they threw a ton of resources at it, too. I mean, they, they made yeah. trades. They got Hopkins. They used a lot of draft capital on weapons. They used a number one overall pick on a wide res- or on a quarterback that they thought was the ideal fit for what Kingsbury wanted to do, and he was never higher than middle of the pack in, 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 uh, in, in offensive efficiency. So that's it, Kingsbury's not our problem. He's not coming here, but I – the the other thing I thought of, Seth, with him leads us into Slowick in this staff, which is I thought you've done a really good job of laying this out over the last couple of weeks and what you just said, how important it is 
with this offensive system to have something that is that if you lose coaches is plug and play and there's a big pool of candidates to go pick from where you can plug them in and keep going, especially if you're drafting a young quarterback, which leads us into the other hire that's been reported. None of this has been announced by the team yet. We should point out these are just reports from national media. Uh, Gerard Johnson is going to be the quarterback's coach for the uh, for the Texans. He spent some time with Minnesota last year. He spent some time with the Colts prior to that. He's been a, an assistant quarterback's coach. He's been a uh, an offensive, I believe, like a quality control coach. He did spend time with D'Amico as an intern in San Francisco. They were on the same staff. Um, and I guess maybe possibly most importantly, depending on what the Texans choose to do in the draft, he has spent time around Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud at the Elite 11 camps back in ah, the day. So yeah. he's got a bit yeah. of bit of history with both guys when they were uh, much younger, I would say. Gerard's resume is a really interesting one because he's played all over the place. Um, he's coached in different capacities as a private coach, as a, you know, in the NFL. Um, he did an internship or a fellowship with the 49ers a few years ago. He obviously last year with Minnesota last year was in a Kupchanistani system. Mm-hmm. So he, he understands a lot of that. I just know him just from the little bit I know of him just personally meeting him when he was doing Sports Radio 610 hits back in the day in the offseason. I always really enjoyed talking to him and asking him questions and everything. Yep. So I'm, um, I'm happy to see that he's going to be involved. Uh, Clint Kubiak, the more, the more seasoned of the K-named Kubiaks. <laughs> um, it's hard to keep them straight. Clint Kubiak is going to be the Texans' run I don't know that that's finalized. They got, that's in pro football talk, so I don't know. Pro, okay. Well, pro football talk had McLean's report that they're working on getting him in. McLean posted it and then posted a tweet immediately oh. after saying, I'm an idiot. It's not finalized oh, really? yet. Yes, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. All yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So pro I just fo- went and ran. I saw the first one and ran with it. Yeah, okay. pro, pro football talk. Uh, McLean, yeah. McLean posted about it and then immediately tweeted afterwards that uh, that he's an idiot, that McLean's an idiot, not Clint Kubiak. Um, the, well, because sorry. He, yeah. You don't need to apologize to me, John, or Seth. Apologize to Clint Kubiak. Well, I feel like a bigger idiot because this is like 15 hours old now, and I just uh, I just went with the first one and kind of forgot about it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll learn more about Clint Kubiak later. That's all, all right. Be fun. We remedied it. It's all good. <laughs> uh, the other things that happened, I think these happened since we were last on the air. It's with this Super Bowl yesterday. It feels like it's been like a week since we've been on the air. Frank Ross is staying as as a special teams coordinator. I can't remember if that was uh, something that we brought to air on Friday or if that was just. Uh, if that Ben, you have a look on your face right now. What's the look? On I'm your trying face? to think. I'm like, I think so. Oh, okay, gotcha. You think so? What? Uh, I think we mentioned it. We did. Okay. Uh, was Was Matt Burke the new DC when we were on the air on Friday? Have we talked about that on the air yet? Matt Burke being yeah. the defensive. We have. Okay. Just didn't making we? sure. I, I, I don't, don't remember. I don't it's remember. All blur. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Matt Burke is the new defensive coordinator, former defensive line. We did because we talked about JJ Watt liking Matt Burke and all those things. So, yes, we talked about those. So my point with all this is the staff is coming together. They've got both coordinators, all three coordinators, if you uh, throw special teams in there as well. Um, so, so far, so good. We'll see how it goes once uh, training camp arrives. Um, Seth, as you know. Oh, and Pep Hamilton, did you mention that Pep Hamilton was officially let go? No, did no. I get that report wrong, too. Do no. I have to go back and like re-look at all the, the tweets that I favorited from I- various – Media people? No, I feel okay. like people are just going to assume. 
Pep Hamilton's I, I understand that D'Amico Ryans has no interest in the Texans' job. Was that did that report turn out to be erroneous? That was as well? that was, was that? incorrect. Yeah, over oh, the okay, course of the next okay. couple of weeks, he actually got hired okay. by the Texans. Yeah. Gosh, you don't say. Okay, see, I just I saw the first report. I know, and I just figured like, oh, okay, yeah. it happens. No, no chance at D'Amico Ryans, I suppose. Right, okay. right, right. No, the proof is you got it. Yeah, you you can never believe the first report. Evidently, um, Josh McCown. Reports were this time last year that he was in line to be the next head coach, literally like a year ago last week, um, in line to be the next Texans head coach. Didn't get the job. Lovey Smith got the job. The season went how it went in 2022, and yada, yada, yada. D'Amico Ryans is the head coach now, so I'm fine with everything. But Josh McCown got a job, Seth. He got a job over the weekend. He is uh, He's joining your former head coach, Dom Capers. Both of them got jobs with the Carolina Panthers over the weekend, Capers as a consultant and Josh McCown as a quarterback's coach. Here's Ian Rappaport on that bit of news. Two really interesting hires last night for the Carolina Panthers. First of all, a reunion. The first head coach in Carolina Panthers history, Dom Capers, has returned to the Panthers as a senior defensive assistant. This is actually a really important hire. Giro Evero and Capers are close. They worked together in Denver last year. A young, up-and-coming, really bright Defensive coordinator. Uh, now we'll have a veteran voice to lean on again, as he did last year. Important hire there for the Panthers. And then Josh McCown, but a 17-year career with, I don't know, basically about every other team. <laughs> he finally enters the coaching world. Sources say he is going to be the QB coach for Frank Reich. Now, they have not yet hired an offensive coordinator. We'll see if that happens after the Super Bowl. I would expect it would. But Josh McCown, after rumors for years and years, finally enters the coaching world. Wait, where am I? Who is this guy? Yeah, the quarterback's coach. That's who this, this guy is. This is the weirdest. I'm not faulting Ian Rappaport for it. This, it, it reflected the weirdness of the situation. I, I don't know if I've ever seen this much speculation about some random backup quarterback who's entered. Who, when is he going to enter the coaching profession? Largely fueled by the Texans uh, – considering making him the head coach at one point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's just been – there have been articles and st- stories and rumors about Josh McCown for going on over three seasons now about when – because remember, um, was it the Eagles that had considered, hey, maybe we'll hire him as offensive coordinator right out of right out of the playing ranks? Sounds right. There, yeah. You know, so there's been speculation about him entering the coaching profession for a long, long time. I would imagine he'll be an offensive coordinator – at some point relative. I think the the offensive coordinator position for the Panthers right now is vacant. So I'm guessing Reich will act as the offensive coordinator, yeah. but maybe with an eye towards McCown taking over. For maybe, him. maybe. Yeah. Ijero Ivero, that's um you know, that's a good move by Ivero. Like I, I could see some young coordinators maybe being insecure about that. Like, okay, great. Capers helped me out last year in Denver and now he's coming to help me out in Carolina. Um but I, I think it's a really smart thing. For him or and or they to do. Yeah, I think especially if he's going to be a head coach someday, because what do people say about young head coaches? Good to have some experience on the staff. I think it shows that he's secure. He's comfortable in his own skin. You know what I mean? He's not afraid to to get help if he needs it. It is, um, you know, there, a lot of times the nepotism gets bad with NFL coaching and guys that really aren't qualified, you know, bring in their buddies to be assistants. But you do have to strike a fine balance between the fact that trust is actually a big issue. Like, trust matters. And and a lot of times, the closer you can get to it being like a family business, but it, the good kind of family business, the better. 
Yeah, and, and that includes having, you know, if you're, if you're taking over the family cabinetry shop, it's nice to have your dad around for advice. And, it, and I think with, with this, that's like with Evero, he's got his dad around for advice. I don't know who, um, who D'Amico's father that he could keep around for advice be. Mm. I think some people forget that D'Amico wasn't actually here with Kubiak. That um, if you brought Kubiak in, it would be it would be a good elder advisor, but it's not going to be like D'Amico, you know, a guy that he knew from previous in his career. Oh, okay. D'Amico was D'Amico. What do you mean D'Amico wasn't here with Kubiak? Uh, excuse me, with uh, uh, Capers. Never mind. Oh, he was, gotcha. Yeah, he was gotcha. here. He's here at Kubiak's first year. Never mind. Uh, yeah, we're good. He, yeah, he was. No, I just, yeah, that just. That, I think some people get confused by the fact that the first five years of his career were actually here with Kubiak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got nervous for a second. <laughs> no, I had Capers in my brain, yeah. and I was thinking about Capers not having uh, been here with with uh, D'Amico. I don't know who it would be because D'Amico. It's not like. It's not like D'Amico played for maybe Wade Phillips. I don't know, but even Wade Wade ended up well, being Wade the catalyst to trade him. Yeah, Wade yeah. Traded his ass. I'm yeah. just trying to think who an experienced person on the staff. Like, I really don't want him bringing well, Johnny in Holland, Frank Bush. Yeah, Johnny Holland's one who's been mentioned. Actually, yeah. Johnny Holland was a linebackers coach, yep. and he's still the linebackers coach. But now, I mean, I guess the 49ers could just block that interview right. because they wouldn't be hiring Johnny. Which, by the way. Um, that's the other part about the Matt Burke hire. Matt Burke, uh, who's hired to be the defensive coordinator, I, d- I wonder if this is a little bit of a Tim Kelly-type situation for now where, yes, Matt Burke will be the defensive coordinator. I, I, think, I think there's a very good chance that D'Amico is calling plays for the first year or so. Good. Because um, uh, Matt Burke wouldn't – probably have been allowed to interview if he were just to come over as a defensive line coach. Okay. But I think uh, but I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Burke is the defensive coordinator slash defensive line coach there this you go. year. And then maybe gets elevated. But he is by all accounts he's a super bright guy. Yeah. Uh, he's just he hasn't necessarily he hasn't been awesome as a defensive coordinator. He had two years in Miami. Um, we know that uh, we just got done talking about one finalist for the Texans job last year. It was Josh McCown. Another guy who made it pretty deep into the process last year and made it into the inter- interview cycle this year, really all three years that the Texans have been looking for a coach, is Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, who is, to put it mildly, taking some today up in Philadelphia. Angelo Cataldi is the host. He's in his last week of radio this week. He's retiring at the end of the week. Um, legendary host up there. We've played his audio um on this show before. He's been immortalized by a hotkey um, where he's... Ah! And there you go. Um, here was Angelo Cataldi this morning. He laid out all the things they're going to blame on the show today for... On their show today up in, on WIP, our sister station in Philadelphia. All the oh, things good. and people they're going to blame. They're going to blame the turf. <laughs> they're going to blame the refs. <laughs> they're going to blame... Despite a brilliant game, he said, they're going to blame Jalen Hurts for the fumble. That was a big play in that game in the first half. But who is the number one person you're going to blame, Angelo Cataldi? Number one we're going to rip is the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Nick Sirianni, a couple of weeks ago, called this radio program and started reeling off the brilliance of Jonathan Gannon's defense this year. I will predict he's not booked to be on today. Uh I will predict he will not be doing that again in the foreseeable future. Rhea, you saw that, right? Were you pulling your hair out? In the fourth quarter, as you watch the Chiefs 
own the Eagles coaching staff. The coaching in the second half of that game was a determining factor, and it began with Jonathan Gannon. There was no question about it. He was owned by Andy Reid. I owned. Ah, would you see it differently? No, I, I, I said it looked like Andy Reid took him over his knee and spanked him at the 50-yard line yeah. the whole second half. What the hell was going on with our defensive strategy? There was was there any? No, Andy was just, there any? Andy picked it apart. Oh, my goodness. We got to get we, we got to get Cataldi on the show next week. Yeah, we do. No, we have to have him with a, a guest appearance, maybe yeah. like a regular guest appearance. Yes, I'm sure. He's he looking for a little scratch, you know, to, to, to wager on golf games and sure. Or yes, Canasta, absolutely. I think um, it really was. I mean, if you looked at the first half and what the Chiefs were doing with a lot of pre-snap motion, they were kind of. Probing with Kelsey, probing while scoring points with Kelsey mm-hmm. too. Um, but Kelsey, I and, and you almost—it uh, was almost scripted, John. Um, second half, Kelsey wasn't nearly as active because what happens? It, it's the this is the whole. Whenever people say like, "Well, you gotta bracket Kelsey," you gotta bracket Kel. Just double team him, triple team, whatever. Okay. So then Juju Smith-Schuster has four catches right. on the touchdown drive. Right. You know, and they. So what the Chiefs were doing in the first half was a lot of this pre-snap motion, which is really just trying to figure out how the Eagles are going to respond to it. And then you saw in the second half where they would start on the jet sweep motion and then just all of a sudden Dude. yank it back the other way and guys would be wide open. Um, Reed was Reed and Mahomes were just brilliant in that game. And, and doing this, this is at the end of the day, it comes down to this. The Eagles linebackers are a liability. And just like great coaches do, they figure out a way to exploit your liabilities. And the the Eagles, Gannon was doing some things to try to try to disguise that. Reed figured out what it was, and then they just exploited the hell out of the liabilities that are the Eagles linebackers. They schemed the Seth those two touchdowns down near the goal line. It was yeah. the same play, just to opposite sides with different receivers. It was Kadarius Tony on the first one, and then uh, Sky Moore, I believe. On the second one, there was there was nobody in the same area code as those guys. Yeah. Like it was crazy. Yeah, yeah they. Um, it was. It was a. It was a just a great. This is a great example too of where the playoff experience comes in. There's zero panic on the part of Kansas City. I think Mahomes on one leg was hobbling around and keeping everybody going. And the the pep talks. You know, the pep talk itself is a, is a bit overrated sometimes, but I don't think in those circumstances, just because there does need to be that, that mentality of like, okay, hey, we've been here before, we can do this. And, and I think you, you, that's what you have now with the Chiefs. I think that, I think that unfortunately, because the end was so anticlimactic, it was lost a little bit just how scary the Eagles' offense was in that game. I mean, the, the Eagles' defense falling apart, in the second half was the big story because the Chiefs won. But, I mean, if the, if the Chiefs had had to settle for a field goal there, if there hadn't been a Bradbury holding on that final drive, I, that, the Eagles had just shown how they could hit you with a quick strike. Yep. And that would have been a very, very, very uh, interesting finish there. No doubt. We were deprived of that. And that was third down, too, if I'm not mistaken, that penalty. It was. It was yeah. third and four, third and five. Yeah. I, don't, I think at that point you got to kick the field goal. Except, except... Even on that last field goal to win the game, the turf was so bad yep. 
that there was a lot more drama with the short field goals than you might think. I it mean, there was. Was, there, there was the kick, and the, the one kickoff in that game, the kicker lost his footing. Yep. Um, he missed the early one. Guys were slipping and sliding all over the place because the NFL, it's like the one thing they can't figure out is that the, the, the time to experiment with the, the turf is not the last game of the year every year, and that's what they do No, every single year. And they're blaming that paint that's on the field. I'm like, they're slipping everywhere, not just on they're the slipping. paint. Yeah, It happens all the time. I don't. People have like collective amnesia about it. It drives me insane. It happens every year that there's a, a natural turf service. They grow this, they grow this special field for like two years at an off-site facility. They bring it in. It looks beautiful to begin with, and then it all gets torn to hell. Yeah. And it happens every damn year. They, but the NFL, Sean, I sent it to you. The, there's like an awesome little documentary about how much effort and time and money they put into the field this year at the beginning. Yeah. And it's awful. Failure. All right. If you're a turf farmer, never agree to uh, – don't take that blood money. No. Don't take that blood money. Your reputation no. is on the line. Depends it's going to look much. awful on national television. Depends on how much it is. <laughs> um, 800000 is what okay. it was. Uh, yeah, that's not worth it to I don't know what sacrifice your are. reputation. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Reaction Monday. Let's circle back to the game itself in the Super Bowl. If you fall into a certain category of NFL fan, um, then Patrick Mahomes just became your best friend. We will tell you why. Next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.